I'm Tass Mellis of The Starters. This is Ben Golver with the Open Floor Podcast. Hi, I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff. I'm OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors. Hey, I'm Elena Donon, and welcome to the Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 350 of the Double Clutch NBA Podcast. My name is Matthew Wellington and I'm joined tonight once again by Mike Miller. Hey, we're going to game seven, baby! Game seven! <laughs> game seven! Is how I was going to start the show, but I'm not going nice. to now. No, I was a bit thrown off by that. I, I still can't work out <laughs> if that was you or if that was Kirk. <laughs> no, that was that was that was all me with an audio drop, and then uh, threw my iPad across the room. Um, yeah, that was how I was going to start the show, but I won't because it didn't happen. How are you in uh, lockdown three Guildford or wherever it is you are? Guildford, Nick, mate. I'm not in Guildford. I'm about You're in Ashford, aren't you? Yeah, Ashford. That's a completely different there county. Go. Guildford, is Guildford um, Nick? I can't remember. Yeah, Nick's Guildford, um, ish. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you in, in Norfolk, which is apparently south, according to you? Uh, well, according to some of my friends who are very, very northern, it is south to them, but yeah. I'm all right. I'm survi- <laughs> we're, we're surviving COVID restrictions, not that we've um, we've got any down here too badly yet. Please check out the website, doubleclutch.uk. There's been a couple of bits of content that's gone up this past week, um, mainly the NBA 2K21 um, press release, which I myself did, and I kind of tore apart the press release and added in my own thoughts, which we thought was a good idea. So we've um, posted that up there and that's led to a game, which apparently we're going to be playing later that Kirk, our producer, who's hiding in the background is going to throw at us. Um, So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, But anyway, we just want to say a quick thank you to everybody who's contributed to Double Clutch over the past eight years. Um, 350 shows is a pretty remarkable achievement for just a bunch of, you know, fans. We're not a professional out there or everything or anything as much as we um we tried to be one. When I started, it was just me and Andy Duncan, and we had Matt Bates join, Frankie Hobbs, Zach Salzman, Joe Holbert played a massive part in this, and mm-hmm. yeah, Mike Mike turned up, and he's still here. <laughs> somehow, somehow still um, here, five years later. But yeah, since 2012, we've been doing this, and you know we're now on video, which is something I never even dreamt of doing, but with Kurt coming in, the expertise is now there. So um, yeah. So for all those listening on audio devices, why not come and check us out on <laughs> twitch.com forward slash UK? Yeah, and if you haven't already done so, join our Discord, which has been busy again this week, um, discord.me forward slash doubleclutch. Um, come and join the, the chaos that's been on there. Obviously, with the NBA 2K news, there's been plenty of people chatting on there and arguing and with the LeBron win last night there's been plenty of goat debate again um, I don't think it's spilled onto Twitter this time not that I was aware of no not not yet not, not yet. yet I'm sure it will <laughs> just give it time it probably Twitter's will. been full of it today the goat debate <laughs> I saw someone like shared a screenshot of it was trending the, the whole Jordan LeBron and they wrote down something that basically said well can't you know since Twitter was conceived, hasn't this been a train, trending topic at one point or another each day? So, yeah, I don't think that's what the uh, the narrative of the final should be, to be honest. And that's not me no. trying to hide from the argument, which I would <laughs> quite welcome to take on. But I just don't think that's what the narrative should be. We don't need any more arguments either. We've had that debate, I can't remember, probably countless times, since certainly since you've been on the show. And it's always a... We seem to end up in the same place every, every time, so there's no point in, yeah. in having it tonight. But anyway, this is... Um, <laughs> The final show of this season, which has been the longest season in living memory. I mean, we did do a lockout season once, but that wasn't anything too too stressful with games tipping off in December. But um, that's a shorter season. This one was yeah. three hundred and sixty-seven days. I know. Whereas this one, I mean, we have no. We'll get onto it later, but we have no idea when the next one will start. So um, it's all just completely. It's like some sort of you know we've had so much basketball that we're all now like well now what now what do we do and we posted that on um, Twitter and Facebook earlier and got some amusing um, gif related responses from people so yeah I think um, NBA fans in this country are now a bit um, confuddled as to what to do but the Lakers did win their 17th NBA title last night um, LeBron James won his fourth or this morning sorry and it was this wasn't really a game was it it was not a competitive matchup at all. It was all over after about 11 minutes. Um, unfortunately, Miami has been struggling with injuries throughout this series. Um, Goran Dragic did his best to play in this game six, but couldn't give it his all in the end. And I think the series would have been different if we'd have seen a fully fit Miami Heat because they function a lot better when Dragic is on the floor. 
and obviously when Bam Adebayo is at full health. Um, but full credit to the Lakers for you know riding out what has been an incredibly difficult season, an incredibly tough mental season for that team as well, mm. especially with the loss of Kobe Bryant. Um, and for LeBron James to do what he set out to do when he went back and you know went to the LA in the first place, which was get them back on the map after ten years without a um, a finals appearance. So they've got there and they've won that. I mean. Did the, did the Lakers prove last night that you 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 don't have to be a jump shooting team to win in the in the NBA right now? Did they? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. That's a curveball. I like what throwing some curveballs. Oh, um, well, I guess they proved that you don't have to. Yeah, by, by the matter of fact that they won without being a jump shooting team, they must have proved that you can do it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, the, the, the interesting stat, and I did a deep dive last night of having a look at the, the stats, and the, the Lakers had 25 points in the restricted area, which is just, it, it, you know, compared to what Miami had, it was ridiculous. And the whole the whole game, I think, um, is it Jay Skeets or, or one of the start, one of the guys, it's not the stars anymore, is it? Was it No Dunks? No Dunks. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were tweeting like, this is one of those games that anyone who says LeBron isn't LeBron and AD aren't aggressive enough is just sitting there like you know in silence because there's nothing they can say because LeBron and AD from the very off were just let's just go straight to the restricted area and we'll score on them all night and and that's that was basically the tale of the game and you know when you're down by as many as 36 points like the Miami Heat were there isn't much you can do and it's that it's that you know that long running theme that we've had throughout this postseason of the teams that have ended up stuck in really deep double digit holes just have not got back and the Lakers buried it early, kind of like they did in game one and two. And they just, you know, never took their foot off the gas, really. Yeah, I was disappointed in the game itself. Which, yeah, it was uh, the worst that of the finals was really games. sort of, you know, what's it called? You know, just, that sounds like I'm to be really <laughs> negative the whole time. Um, but it's just, I just, I don't know. It felt to me like there needed to be... Um, Pun intended, more coal in the heat's furnace. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't there. There wasn't the desperation. I didn't feel no. that, that, they, that they wanted it, which was remarkable given the persona and um, just just the, the vibe that Jimmy Butler has given off for this whole thing. It just seemed like maybe they, maybe they were out of gas. Maybe it was taking its toll how much he'd had to carry them in the first five games. Um, yeah. Maybe it was finally the impact of the injuries on Bam and Dragic that was sort of just knocking them down. Um, maybe it was just the Lakers being, you know, extremely good on defense and just putting their their foot on their throats. I don't know. But um, oddly, I think they would have played better in this game if they hadn't played Bam as much. Like, I know he led them in scoring, yeah, but I just think the way that Olinick had played, and that is not to say that Olinick is a better player or even close to being what Bam is. The only is. reason this wasn't a sweep in the first place, <laughs> yeah. But this is what I'm like in turn for this series specifically. Bam was a negative matchup issue. He can't spread the floor. The minute he and and that's something he's working on. He's developing. He added that mid range jump shot to his game uh, last summer. Uh, just yeah. before Team USA tryouts when he was inexcusably cut for one of the Plumleys um, or a Zella, one of those. I'm guessing it was a Plumley. It was definitely a Plumley. It was um, Miles Plumley. Um, but, or was it Mason? I can't remember now. doesn't matter. Uh, Plumleys. But the point is, if he could have spread the floor, that would have opened up the opportunities for so many other players on that team. Like, yeah. We saw what a defensive impact he has when he's able to hang around the rim. So do something to pull him away from the rim. They, what I thought w was crazy was that they went small. The Lakers went small, would bring Caruso in for Howard. And immediately I was like, oh, here we go. This yeah. is going to go a bit longer now because they've only got one defensive rim protector and you can pull him away from the hoop. And they just didn't. Yeah, it was it was it was a strange game because obviously Dragic tried his best, and I have a feeling if Dragic had been healthy, he'd have been a, a, a real sort of equaliser in this series. Because if you go back and look at the previous games that Miami played against, you know Boston and Milwaukee, he was hitting really tough contested shots, and mm -hmm. they didn't have anybody doing that besides Jimmy Butler in in this series. And obviously Jimmy Butler gassed himself out completely in games um, five and three, mm -hmm. but. And, and I mean, we haven't mentioned game th game five, but this this game this series could have been over like in game five if if you know Danny Green had made that shot 
Um, the whole argument about LeBron not make should should have just taken it himself seems a bit irrelevant considering how wide open Danny Green was. Um, I mean, what do do you draw into that narrative that LeBron wasn't as aggressive as he should have been in in the previous game and they shouldn't have even been a game six? <laughs> so, so the argument is well. LeBron should have wanted to take that shot and he should have worked for something other than drawing a triple team. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> but you, you have to understand that that this is LeBron James, okay? You can put one defender on him, it won't stop him. You Doesn't can put make two a difference. defenders on him, yeah. it's not going to stop him. Because we saw like yesterday where they, they checked to see if it was a flagrant with the elbow. He can just barrel through multiple players. So you have to send three at him. We saw it in the Denver series as well when yep. he kicked out to KCP on the right wing who swung it to the top for Caruso and he clanked it. And I saw people giving LeBron stick then. No. Okay, yes, you want your best player to take the ball and at the end of the game. And ideally, you want him to take the shot. But you want him to take the best shot that puts the team in the best position to win. And you need a player who's smart enough to go, well, hold on. If three people are coming at me, I can kick because at least two guys are open. Yeah. And all right, as great as LeBron James is, with three guys draped on you, Shooting, shooting is a lot harder than shooting wide open. But then to to all this, the the horrible people who have taken it out on Dar- Danny Green. Yeah, what the what hell is that all about? This is a game. Like I, you know, what, what whatever whatever is going on in your life, just recognize this is a game because there is no need for that reaction at all. It's disgusting. Um, yeah, let's face it. Danny Green hasn't had the best series. He's he's carrying a hip injury, but. This is the NBA. Guys at that level miss shots still. Like that's why, even in an open three, if you are clipping at fifty percent, you are incredible. Yeah. So, like fifty percent, then in the finals is going to. And I get that people shoot only thirty four percent from three, thirty six percent when they're guarded. Fine, goes up when they're not guarded. But plus the pressure of the finals, he's going to miss it more times than he's going to hit it. There are very yeah. few players in the league who will make that more times than they'll miss it. So just leave Danny Green alone. Yeah, in terms of that being a competitive game as well, like you had LeBron and and uh, and Jimmy Butler just going back and forth. I think LeBron finished with forty in that game. Like that was the moment we were all waiting for. We were waiting for the two alpha dogs on each team just to go back and forth and give us one of those you know epic finals matchups. And we got that game. And I have a funny feeling if the Lakers had won that, that would have done. You know, that would have been like the ultimate game to win for Kobe Bryant because it would have come down to the to right at the end. Mm. Um, this sort of blowout that we saw in game six was like, you know, that that wasn't really a Kobe thing that ever happened too often. And and I think Lakers fans are so blinkered when it comes to measuring up LeBron's end game tactics versus someone like Kobe who would have just taken that shot himself, even if he had 12 people trying to, you know, stop him from the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Just a quick disclaimer for anyone about to come at Matt for saying Lakers fans can be quite blinkered. He's allowed to say it. He's a Laker fan. He's allowed to say it. Just all the Kobe books on my bed don't give it away, but okay. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I've I've you know, the people were sharing all kinds of pictures of like Kobe taking shots over like two or three defenders, and it's like they're different players. LeBron has always been a different player. He is the ultimate facilitator. He he you know, the comparisons to Magic Johnson are, are more than just. He just he is he's got a, a next level IQ when it comes to finding the right pass and that's the thing that at the end of the day, I think Miami missed is they missed Goran Dragic bringing that to them. And especially when it came to Bam, I think that's probably why we saw a Bam that was underperforming is because they didn't have that, that sort of two man connection that they they had throughout mm-hmm. the, you know, the opening rounds of the postseason. So yeah, it was a disappointing game. I mean, you could have turned on and t- switched off at halftime and known the result. Like, and you never really want that to, to be the case and you know especially being like if you're a, an English person like we are and you're staying up late to watch games like that when it's a blowout it's not much fun like when it gets to two o'clock <laughs> when, it's, the, when it's cold and dark and you're on yeah, your own and it gets to yeah. two o'clock in the morning and you're eating too many Mars bars um reference to later but, but, <laughs> but like you just you get fed up with it and uh, you know ultimately I think the, these final series actually impressed um we had some good games despite the fact Miami were underhanded but I think it speaks a lot to the mentality of that franchise. And LeBron actually praised it afterwards and in post-game interviews and said, look, we knew even with the injuries, this team was going to fight. Like that is an organization that it just, it's just bred into them. I mean, we mentioned it last week. You mentioned it with Pat Riley. Like there is a mentality here. It's next man up, you know, the stick your head in the ice bucket, as you were saying, like 
just go out there and give it your all. And Jimmy Butler, you know, there's that amazing high quality video from game five where he's just completely balled over, like after he scored a layup and he's drawn a foul, like he just looks completely out of it. And I think they gave everything to stay in the game, in the games they had to win. Um, and then this one was just a bit too much for them. Did you, did you see the clip of him? Uh, so game five, he played 47 or 48 minutes. Did you see the clip of him after the presser where he got up off the, uh, the after the interview to leave the interview room? He walked like he, he'd, he'd pooped his pants. He was like, <laughs> you could tell he, I, I, I got the video and I was like, Bab, showing it to my missus who has no interest whatsoever. No interest. In it. Yeah. Like, Look at this guy walking. She was like, why are you showing me this? Like, he played 47 or 48 minutes. She was like, cheers. I was like, but just, <laughs> why don't you, like, he was proper aching. He felt like I feel after 12 minutes of local league. <laughs> it's, it's madness. Um, you mentioned a highlight of uh, Dwight Howard's Laker career the other day. I can't remember. Did you <laughs> taking any threes, a, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what the last basket was last night? The, Dwight the- Howard taking a three. <laughs> that was redemption for that, that 2013 or whenever it was season. You know, that was the moment that all Lakers fans had been waiting for. And his last tweet when he played for the Lakers before he left was to go to Houston was, I'll, I'll ho- I hope I can make it up to you someday. Yeah. And, and, and now, now he has in the bubble, you know playing fairly limited minutes, but making an impact when he was on the court. Hey, so. he, he started for most of the games. Five of the games he started. That's incredible. To, to to go back to then and think that Dwight Howard would be starting in the finals yeah. seven years later for that franchise is, is absolutely well, I think size, size and strength counted a lot in the, in the series and certainly the ones the Lakers played where they could just play bully ball. They could just put guys on and beat but you with size. last night. No. And that's what, that's, that's what they, they, they just threw them. Yeah, it was, it was and mad. I think Miami were probably like, "Hang on a minute, what's what's going on here?" <laughs> Somehow <laughs> we're not used to this. The, they thought the best shot to take was a Tyler Hero mid-range float, one-handed floater, and I, I, I was just sitting there, just ah, oh, watching yeah. it drain away, and just it it wasn't the final game we all wanted, especially Miami no. fans. But it wasn't the game we wanted. But like but, Jimmy gave us a legendary performance in game three mm-hmm. and he was always never, it was never going to match up to that. Like he gave everything he could in, in that game. And I feel, I just feel like if Dragic and some of those other guys have been a, a bit more healthy and, you know, guys like Kendrick Nunn have been a bit more on form because he's not been great. Um, well, he can't COVID. Well, yeah. And we learn about that. We're learning now. I watched the, uh, sorry, sidebar, because everyone loves a sidebar to talk about COVID. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> So I was watching the the announcements today and they were talking about the long-term effects of COVID, even on young people and the the ability or, or the yeah. difficulty in breathing and things like that. And weirdly, my mind goes straight to basketball and like, okay, so the guys who tested positive, who rely on cardio, you know, to, to get them through games could suffer some detriment. And maybe that's the sort of thing we saw when none wasn't back to form. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think what I read a terrible some, tangent. No, I read something similar on the BBC and it was saying like people are struggling walking upstairs and all kinds of things like that, which is something that, you know, especially people in their 20s and early 30s, like that isn't something you tend to really um, struggle with. But people who have had COVID have, have suffered the symptoms of it. So mm. it is a case of, you know, you may be young and playing basketball, but there might be some sort of underlying after effects that we don't know anything about yet. So. I mean, so I think stay the bubble didn't wear a mask, idiots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry for that. That was random. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, anyway, we got our predictions right. We did. Yeah. So, did you want to make a bigger deal about that? Is, is this because yeah. you want to rub it into some people? Yeah, because <laughs> you know, some people, some of them might even be listening in um, and actively involved in tonight's podcast, but potentially not actually on it, who called for things like sweeps and whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah um me uh you um obviously hugh hopkins steve laird our um our fantastic artist um sean guest charlie liptrot gare deegan we all predicted lakers in six so we got what we wanted there was a few miami in seven in there um so we might have got that but we didn't in that the end been so. interesting yeah. right it, w- Se- it would have been games, any anything can happen in the seventh game um but did the one of the things i noticed for the first time in the whole bubble was the lack of crowd noise in the finals because i only really noticed oh, you mean it during in, the trophy celebration where it was the most awkward thing i've ever watched in my life no in the games as well like in it whilst the game is going on 
only in the finals uh, do we get the the, the non-fake pumped, uh, you know, it's hit 112 decibels. No, it hasn't. It's just a video they're playing. Um, yeah. It, it, there wasn't like that tension. And uh, yeah, I just uh, the first time I noticed it was in this series and it just feels like something worth pointing out because I didn't think I missed fans. Oh, I've, I've much preferred the product here without all the the razzmatazz of the uh of as much as i'm a stan for red panda <laughs> i didn't miss the repetitive halftime shows you, you do like love that. a red panda i love red panda she's incredible she she is <laughs> basically my goat and you know no one can capture what she does on a ridiculously tall unicycle but yeah she's um She's phenomenal, but I did. I didn't miss her or the gymnast with the tiny dog, or anyone else really. You know, the, the, the show bits and the show blitz and, and glamour that makes it the um, the family the entertainment NBA. thing. No, I, I I really enjoyed this. It was only in the finals that I notice the, the lack of fans and think, ah, actually, no, I I think I prefer it when there is that atmosphere. Yeah. No, it, it was it was strange and watching them do their post game speeches afterwards Jeannie Buss spoke for a quite a long period of time which I understand yeah. but mm-hmm. usually an owner just goes up and says brilliant this great and then wanders off and someone else takes hold um, Frank Vogel spoke really highly uh, he was trying to interject all this energy into the speech but it was weird because there was nobody around to like to cheer well, half on half the players so. weren't listening to him as well yeah and, and you could sort of see him looking at them like a teacher getting annoyed and embarrassed but but that's what was cool because you had the post game interviews and you you saw like the kids playing in the background and yeah. like and and that was really sweet and that's an aspect of the NBA that I don't think we'll, we'll ever see unless we have another bubble next season which we'll get on to but like you know we don't we, we might never see that again and just to mm-hmm. have like J.R. Smith had his shirt off like within seconds of the final horn sounding why like, is it every time J.R. Smith wins a championship uh, are we talking <laughs> about him with his shirt off you know, why remember, is it he picked, picked the trophy up <laughs> what no Rondo picked it up didn't he no, it was J.R. Smith, wasn't it? Or have I got that Oh, wrong? yeah, no, it was J.R. Smith. He popped around the front and lifted it up. Yeah, I did think that was a bit cheeky. Thinking, eh? <laughs> Classic line from that was uh, Adam Silver going, the trophy's yours, and uh, yeah, I think the suitcase is too. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah and it's like, we yeah, don't know what to exactly do with this really for. expensive suitcase here that Louis yeah. Vuitton have, have spent some time designing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know for it to of all the places for it to go as well to Genie Bus who probably has just Louis Vuitton uh, baggage coming out of her ears. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. I mean, it, it was it was a disappointing game, but we did have standout performances. Rajon Rondo came off the yeah. bench, scored nineteen points, eight for eleven from the field. You know, playoff Rondo in full show. Um, Anthony Davis was lights out throughout this entire series not just this game um i mean how much better can ad get i mean we've there's this debate going around at the moment about who's lebron's best teammate and um the ringer posted a thing earlier where they broke it all down and they had ad as his best teammate and were saying if we if you'd have replaced chris bosh with ad back when they were at miami that team would have just you know the San Antonio Spurs ain't winning no finals and neither the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> you say the same as if you replace Kevin Love with AD, that, yeah. that those finals suddenly become scarily good. Not that there's anything against Kevin Love, but he he just was a another guy who was a mismatch in that series for the Cavs. And admit yeah. yes, before anyone comes at me, I know he got a hand up on Steph on that final shot, but still he got played off the floor for a lot of those series. And yeah. I don't think you could do that with AD. Yeah, it's just like LeBron is always sort of, well, since 2009 when the, he lost in Cleveland to Boston, like he's always driven his narrative and to drive it to where it is now, you know, what is he, 35, 36? He's, he's 35, just won, he'll be 36 in December. He's just won another title. They could go back to the finals again next year. This team is still stacked with talent. Um, we haven't seen the best of AD yet, I don't think, and playing with LeBron he's only going to get better and he's already he's already probably the most unstoppable player in the league when he actually puts his mind to it he still has those off nights like we were saying but most unstoppable guy in the league it's, 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 would it's a blank phrase just to that. throw out there right. I, yeah no I think he, I think Kevin Durant's still casting at the moment he just doesn't want to fight anyone Matt alright Kevin Durant's burner personas <laughs> <laughs> But, but, uh, no, like Kevin Durant is unstoppable, and he's basically the same size as AD. 
he his handles tighter, his threes better. Yeah, he's not physically as big. He also doesn't yeah. seem quite as fragile, despite the fact he's had significant mm. injuries. He had the, obviously the, the injuries recovering from now, but he also had the the, the breaks in his foot. Do you remember them a few seasons back at OKC? Um, but somehow he's less fragile than AD in my mind. Mm. Uh, I th- I think mentally uh, is where AD is gonna come on next with LeBron like he's he's now had that bar set he's seen what it takes yeah, to he's win he's done it now yeah. he's been in this environment you're only going to improve going in that year in year out he didn't have that in New Orleans there's just like I think it was Rondo was talking in his presser and he said basically you know I won with the Celtics and I thought it was going to be like this every year working for a championship and then some of the other franchises I've been at in between and this is just a boom 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 okay this is this is hate coming now so it's just not the same attitude it's not the same culture and he's exactly right and you wonder how many guys spend too long in the wrong kind of culture and how that impacts them so yeah. AD absolutely can be better but I, I, I would say he's probably about 95% right now yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right. Um, I, I, he's done everything he could have possibly done up to this moment. I think he, weirdly, there's the, you could draw some parallels to like LeBron's first seven years in Cleveland with obviously AD's um, first few years in in New Orleans. Like you had an organization, mm-hmm. organization that wasn't putting a team around him very well. Admittedly, that Boogie Cousins um, thing they tried worked out really well until Boogie got injured because um, nobody was yeah. stopping those two when they were playing well. Um, but in the end, it came down to, you know, LA comes in. LeBron had said quite, you know, adamantly, I want to play with Anthony Davis. He goes out and gets Tampering. him. Yeah, drives his narrative yet again, as he has done for the last 10 years. And you get AD comes in, you know, he's a, a defensive player of the year, constant all defensive team member, all star. Like he just comes in, he's got loads of accolades and this is the accolade he needed. And that's now pushed him over. So mentally you're right. I think he could next year just take that step up and realize I've done it once I can do it again. So, you know, he might end up having that approach that LeBron James has to the regular season where it's just a case of I'm in, you know, second or third gear. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I just think that the AD is getting not more love than he deserves, (laughs) <laughs> because he's he's gone without it for so long, but there's a yeah. lot of like overcompensating, like about how good he is when he has been this good already, yeah, basically that, since Magic the Johnson year wound me up actually. Magic Johnson was on ESPN saying now he's with the Lakers, everyone knows who he is, and I'm thinking, well, hang on, most people who were NBA fans knew who AD was before he was in Los did. Angeles. No, I don't think they did. I don't think they appreciated it. I think when you say most people who are NBA fans, you you, you mean specifically like. Hard, not hardcore, but like people who are Us, actually yeah. dedicated. <laughs> not just people who put NBA fans in their bios. They'll, they'll have just been like half of them won't even heard of Pelican Pelicans, let alone watch them. And and this is a guy who, in its season two, was an all star and was a top ten player quite quickly after he entered the league, and was an MVP candidate, and somehow managed to get a, a series win. Uh, with, although I've given him credit for this series win over the Blazers when actually it was Rondo and Holiday who did the damage yeah. there. But you know what I mean? He, he didn't have the talent around him. He was in a small market. And Magic Johnson's right. People know who he is now because he's a Laker. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> just, just that conversation, Mike. So, so just a general impact on the Lakers' effect on the league anyway. Um, Alex Kennedy, who's obviously a, a, an NBA writer on Twitter, posted earlier on that um, the Lakers have become the top-selling NBA champion in Fanatics history per the company. In the first 12 hours after winning the title, the Lakers have already sold more merchandise than Fanatics' previous record, the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers, also a LeBron James team sold in the 30 days after their championship win. Fans from 110 countries have already bought Lakers championship merchandise. That's mad. It is really mad. Uh, I'd like to know, this is the real little bit I want to know from Fanatics. How many of these people ordering <laughs> Lakers championship gear were ordering Warriors championship gear two seasons ago? <laughs> Please tell me that. That's all I need to know. You've got connections at Fanatics. Can you not find out? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they'll tell me that. Um, but that would be that would be interesting. I'm not surprised. They are, without a doubt, the biggest. Uh, well, one of the top two biggest uh, yeah. in terms of their their brand. Va- no, they're the biggest in brand value. They're not worth the most because the Knicks are because 
people just love New York for stupid reasons and everything that because goes on Because they were made famous it. by Friends, the New York Knicks. Nobody seems to admit this, but they were made fa- famous by being that team that they used to mention in Friends. Now, you're showing your Hot age tape. there now. <laughs> they, they were good before Friends was on. What, the 90s? Yeah, when we, but Friends was like, wasn't that like 93 to 99? Yeah, that's like... The, it, oh no, they did was Millennium, so it, it went into the, 2000, didn't they? Yeah, so like the back the end, were good before the Knicks then. were the Knicks were good when Friends was on. So that's why everyone knows, you know, that a lot of people just go over to New York and assume that the Knicks, they can the, see it, the Knicks are still the thing to do, but they're not because Patrick Ewing retired evidence, a long Matthew. time. Patrick Ewing retired I, I, a long I like time this ago. Theory, but I need more evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to trust it again. Any actual like hard, against any actual hardcore um, Knicks fans like um, Nick Whitfield who's sitting in the, the Twitch chat, but um. <laughs> who, who legally changed his name by deed poll to start with a silent K. Yeah. <laughs> Random. Um, bubble reactions. Just as we, because we, I've just looked, we spent half an hour talking about the, the, the opening of the finals. Um, well, of course we did. We're talking about this. this, this, this <laughs> Would you like to talk about the other game that happened? No, it just wasn't like, another I'm, game. Just, I'm, just, I'm just weary of dictator Kirk sitting in there in the background somewhere. He first captain. Captain. Captain, captain Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> um, bubble reactions. I mean, what was your favourite bubble moment for a start? Let's just get get that over with. Mine is probably the the run that the Phoenix Suns had. I really enjoyed that, and I was pissed when they didn't get in. Yeah, so I I agree with that. That was one of several. I think Luca just exploding, youngest player to yeah. get a forty point triple double. He also had another one which was like thirty six, fourteen, and nineteen or something. Stupid the game like that. winner against the Clippers as well. Yeah, awesome. The Blazers run was pretty sick. Um, when they, with their back to the wall just to make it into the playoffs, uh, the ball the play in and then win the play in. Uh, the Suns run and Devin Booker in general. The falling down iconic shots, <laughs> yeah. uh, the dunks he, he threw down, which he's not known for. Uh, I like stuff like Taco learning to swim, <laughs> stuff like that. Oh, that's, I saw that. Yeah. The content we've had from this bubble has been so unique that it's just we're never going to see this again. Assuming there's no more bubbles, um, get, like honestly. I'm all for the bubbles. I've, I'm like an aero convert right now. Just give me <laughs> all the bubbles. Um, there was loads. Uh, John Morant was explosive and amazing. There were some great dunks from Paul Zingas, from Chris Boucher. Uh, Railcam as well. Yeah, we need Railcam. We've mentioned this before, though. I'm not too sure the um, franchise owners, especially if they own their arenas, will be too happy in terms of taking chairs out to fit those things in. I think there's ways around it. I've I've come up with what about that weird wire? Things. You know when you don't watch football, but this so this is probably going to just fly like over. Yeah, but like you know the wire that they run swings, over the top of yeah. the stadium. Yeah, I'm waving. We're both waving our hands around here but, like crazy, which is great for everyone who's listening on audio <laughs> providers. So make sure next time you join us on uh, Twitch TV slash Double Clutch UK. But it wouldn't work in basketball the overhead wire, would it? Because you're throwing the ball up. True. There's also so, danger of dropping the camera on someone's head, I'd imagine. But well, that's the same in any sport. Though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but True. I'm trying to think how it would work on the sign. I think you need to essentially lift the front row, keep it the same distance that it is, and flatten the angle. It's not a curve. We're not flattening a curve. We're flattening uh, an angle <laughs> well, of seat. We need to flatten a curve so from that to that. And basically lift the front seat up and put the rail cam under the front row of seats. So it's underneath your feet, perhaps behind perspex or something, so you, you don't have anyone sort of kicking it with their feet or whatever. But um I think they I think they can come up with a way. It needs to stay. Sink sink the court down further. <laughs> I don't Sorry, know. Sorry, I'm, I'm not laughing at you, I was just laughing at Big Hazard in the chat saying his favourite moment from the season was Embiid getting ratted by Carl Anthony Towns, which I completely forgot had happened this season. But yeah, that was amazing. Because then you had Ben Simmons ste- stepping in and trying to change choke him out which was even funnier <laughs> I didn't realise we were going whole season I thought it was yeah, bubble I, well I wasn't planning on going that whole season but I just realised that, that yeah TJ Warren bubble moment that was a good one as well oh yeah the, the bubble Jordan that lasted <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was cool and I think it gave the NBA a lot of focus they did ask the players last night how they you know did they feel like it was the right thing to do? And I think a lot of them said, you know, despite the mental difficulties that a lot of them were having, and we mentioned last week, Paul mm-hmm. George, for example, 
it was because it, it allowed them to sort of channel their social responsibility as well. So the Black Lives Matter movement yeah, was very yeah, focused. Was a huge part. I mean, you had the logo on the court. Players were asked about stuff every game. They wore shirts. They did great support of the WNBA. I think the WNBA had record viewing figures this season, which, you know, is great and hopefully a step up for them. Fanatics, while you're going head to head with the NBA season, that because yeah. one of the concerns I voiced at the start was you had how the finals on the same nights. It was strange. Madness. I mean, admit, admittedly, they sort of back to back them, but still, it seems you think that one would take away from the other. I also like that when the players felt their message, the social message, social justice message was being lost, they were able to say, hold on a sec, let's just pump the brakes on this. And they stopped yeah. for what was it, two, three days that we ended up stopping for and reassessed, spoke with the league refocus the social message and then began again. I, I like that they were able to take control like that and that the league saw it as a, an opportunity to collaborate rather than to, to sort of bang heads. Yeah, and the, the NBA has always been quite forward thinking of that. I mean, in terms of the bubble, it's been a true showcase for sports because you're looking at the NFL started off again now. They've got all kinds of problems because they've got, obviously, some some teams have got fans in the stadiums, some haven't, and they've had COVID breakouts amongst teams and they've postponed games and then they've tried to play games, you know, a few days later, but then they've had to postpone it again because there's a player still suffering from, from COVID. Like, And, you know, the NHL had a bubble, the Stanley Cup finals were a couple of weeks back the NBA and the MLS have had a bubble in the States and they've gone really well. Um, the and MLS I think the one M- didn't, didn't they have a team leave on the first day? They may have but done. I didn't, they, I didn't, they I wasn't aware of this. up and then went, oh, we've all got COVID. Let's go home again. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that, but I, I'd, I'd assumed I'm it was sh- going, going okay. We, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was because I would not know anything about the MLS no, unless it popped no. up on an NBA chat. But yeah, 106 days, zero cases. Fantastic. What a result. Yeah, and it's, it's, it was a showcase of how you how sports can adapt to COVID, and I think other leagues have learned from it. Rapid testing is something that we've mentioned before that the NBA yeah, was yeah. massive in helping develop, and that's now rolled out globally. I think to places that have now realised, oh, hang on, we need these tests, and the NBA was a large reason for that. So, yeah, it, it was an impressive moment for for the NBA as a whole, and. You know, credit to the guys at like The Athletic and Sports Illustrated and ESPN, all the people who went out there to cover it as well, because they had to live life in the bubble. And the content they were giving us from inside the bubble was brilliant. Like you wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought the situation was was any different. So, you know, I saw um, Ben Golliver, who's been on the show with Josh before, like I saw him, he was covered in champagne by LeBron James, been taking photos of LeBron in the locker room and stuff. I don't tend to think you get that close access when it comes to a normal regular season or finals when there is fans and, you know, it's just chaos in like the Staples Centre or somewhere like that. They had a lot more access and it was cool to see, you know, Taylor Rooks and people like that doing some really unique content. The players as well, which I think, you mentioned before, like some of the players have been doing really good YouTube content. <laughs> yeah, they have. It's 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 been like just so different. The the content we've had as well, it's been more. Um, I don't think intimate's the right word, but we've seen inside their lives, and this is yeah. a normal life for them. So I'm not expecting, you know, I'm not expecting that after practice uh, in Boston every every week, you know, tennis cancer <laughs> and, and Jalen Brown stay behind to carry taco falls through the water. But we've seen a side of the players that we've never seen before. Seen before yeah. And we probably will never see again. And that, that's been really, really fantastic. Yeah. And we're seeing like, you know, a lot of the players tend to speak up quite, quite a lot about social issues, but they've really just put their weight behind it now. And, you know, to do what the Bucks did and to just cancel that game without telling the NBA and without even telling their opponents, like, to, to, to just have the balls to, to pull the trigger on that. You know, a lot of sports leagues wouldn't dare do anything like that. It's taken NFL players however many years to stand up for their rights in their league. So it's, yeah, it's, I, it's I strange. Think, like the NBA's ahead of the curve, but I don't think it's, it's guilt free is the wrong word, but look at, look at, we're only sort of 30 years away or 25 years away from, from similar things happening. Yeah. Um, and admittedly, it's a different commissioner now, and he's a lot more liberal and, and less ruling with an iron fist. But you know, there were guys who got blackballed from the league in the early nineties for protesting, um, which is weird, uh, given how you know it's a predominantly African American sport, and also weird given that you've got people like Bill Russell and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who stood up for civil rights in in the sixties and seventies. So yeah. it was weird that there was sort of a backtrack in the nineties, but. I'm digressing because where they are now is a good place to be. I mean, it's it, 
ideally you wouldn't have to deal with any of this because everyone would get along nicely, but unfortunately yeah. there are there are dickheads everywhere in the world. I think Kareem actually had wrote, it might be Kareem, I, I might be wrong, had wrote a piece for The Guardian today about the, the finals and how the NBA had handled the bubble and how it was a real like hallmark of how America should be at the moment. And it's a really interesting read. So if you haven't read it, I'd go out and check it. But it's basically just him saying, you know, he's so proud of the players taking the social responsibility on their head, actually using the bubble as a chance to to say, mm-hmm. to talk about some of these unique stories and yeah, it's it's been a strange time. Um, the Miami Heat's future, obviously, losing this finals. Don't think anybody expected them to get there in the first place. Um, what's next for the team in South Beach? I mean, do they just hang around a year and then hope they can entice um, a certain Giannis Antetokounmpo to the to the beach hut? <laughs> <laughs> to the beach hut. Um, well, they're always going to do that. Pat Riley is is the ultimate sort of uh, you know. There, there's loyalty. And then there's loyalty to the franchise before loyalty to the players. We saw the way, like Dragic is a, a free agent. Yeah. Do they pay him? He's 34. They didn't pay D Wade. They didn't give him the golden parachute. They let him go to Chicago for that. So do they keep the band together? Solomon Hill, bit player, probably not worth 14 mil that he's on already. They can let him <laughs> walk. Myers Leonard is on 11.2. They can let him walk. Because he's, he's not getting the same money elsewhere. We, and we don't know what the salary cap's going to be like. Jay no, Crowder's no out of contract. Udonis Haslam. Um, like, I get that he's <laughs> been there for 20 years. But but why, why is he like... He's not even he looks good up. standing on the sidelines. <laughs> why not have him just like as, a, as, as, a, and as some sort of an assistant? Why is he taking a roster spot? I don't get that. Like, I, I, and that's not... Like, it's, it is disrespectful, but I don't mean yeah. to disrespect him because he has been an absolute, you know, um, franchise player in terms of committing to that team um, and in a much more impactful way than someone like Nick Collison. Um, Derek Jones is out of contract as well. So they've got a few guys out of that rotation that we saw in the early playoff stages going this year. Yeah. Um, and then... It's just whether they they pay for Dragic, and I I would like them to because I think he's earned it with them. But I think Pat Riley will see things through. Like he's not going to get all emotional about it and say, no, "Okay, misty eyed." <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to be cold and hard and business like and say, "Well, okay, you're a 34 year old point guard. How many more years have you realistically got left at this level?" And the answer is one, maybe two. Well, how yeah. much are we going to pay you then? So I'd like to see him stay, but I don't know if he will. I don't know if they'll make it work. Yeah, you know, Goran's a team for by all accounts seems like a really, really lovely guy. And I, he might end up, he might take, you know, less just to stay in a situation that he enjoys and has had some success in. And, you know, they've shown a lot of faith and trust in him. So yeah, this is an interesting one to see what Miami ends up doing. Um, looking forward and ahead to next season, obviously the 2021 season, we don't know when it's going to start. Um, originally, I think it was set for December, but the longer things have gone on, the worse COVID has got in the United States across the board. I think things are now up in the air. You've got teams, obviously some well, of the, originally it was, it was this month. Yeah. But, but, but now it's the earliest will be Christmas day, but possibly January. I mean, I don't, I was thinking about that. So like some of the teams obviously own their arenas. Some of the, 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 the franchises have their own arenas they pay for. So they will want fans back in, which is natural because then they can start covering some of the costs of their, you know, arena fees, which I imagine are quite sizable. But then there's others who obviously just rent their arenas or whatever from, I don't know, somebody, the council. <laughs> um, so if, you, if you're like Adam Silver right now and you've seen that a bubble works and you can go through a period of, you know, a, a few months and have games and it works, do you do that again? Or, I mean, I, I'm not too, I don't know if the players would be for that or against it, but if it comes down to the fact that they're going to keep up their revenue, which is the NBA's biggest worry. You know, they'll still get the TV revenue and everything. Then I think they would do a bubble again. But you'd have to condense the season, wouldn't you? Because I mean, this yeah. this this playoffs that started in playoffs, this this We're, bubble yeah. with the seeding games and uh, and the playoffs, and then the whatever it was, the intra squad scrimmages scrimmages beforehand. So that was July that it started, sixteenth yeah. July rings a bell. And now we're like, what, four months later? Yeah. Three months later? I mean, even? do you think it might force the schedule change? Because for years, everyone's been saying that the 82 games is too long anyway. So do you reckon it might condense something like that? Or they might use it as another chance to experiment and have some sort of mid-season tournament again? 
I think there might be a chance to experiment here because yeah. with the way COVID's gone, 82 games in and out of cities isn't, well, it's, it's not going to work, but 82 <laughs> games, getting getting everyone into a bubble for 82 games isn't going to work either. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a compressed season. Um, Let in the 12 fans to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> all of them with bags on their heads. Um, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, all foam hands. Uh, like I, I don't know where they go with it. I, I heard on uh, the JJ Reddit podcast that there was some discussion about um, multiple bubbles stationed at different points around the country. Yeah, and basically you'd go, you'd go there, play, and you'd round robin everyone in there. So you've played them for the, your season um, quota, and then you'd go back home see your family for a bit. Yeah. Then you'd go back into another bubble, do all the sort of the isolation, <laughs> the quarantine, and play the other teams. And so you could probably do it in sort of three or four stages which would be great because then we'd have loads of basketball and condensed bubbles. Mm. Um, but that seems logistically implausible to, <laughs> to find four sites that are, are as, as you know, firstly, that they're, they're, they're on neutral ground. Mm. Otherwise, we're going to get the whole, you know, if it's at the Staples, okay, let's send in, who's going to get the advantage? Unless maybe, ah, that's, that would be it. So say Staples is one of them. But then you have neither the Lakers or the Clippers play there. So every team that plays there is a visiting team. Mm. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to do. But logistically challenging is what this podcast is every week when we end up, <laughs> when we end up going on tangents. Um, moving on quickly. Nothing but Nick's silly nonsense. Um, Nick Whitfield has come up with yet another cracker. Um, so here we go. LeBron James is great. But if you had to add him as a playable character in a video game, what would you choose and why? I'm going to let you go with this one as a big video gamer. <laughs> as, a, as a massive video gamer. <laughs> I, I did pick up my Sega Master System from my mum's house the other day. So yeah, oh. massive gamer I am with my what was it, 8-bit cartridges or whatever they were. I wonder if I still go on them. Nah, they'll still work. Um, anyway, I don't even know if this counts because a playable character, Sid Meier's Sid. <laughs> How does that work? How does well you pick you pick so he's the your, playable character like is LeBron like the equivalent of Genghis Khan or something yes yes okay, that's exactly right. it because <laughs> he, he, he's firstly he's excellent you know that you're getting someone who's committed I like the logic 365 days a year he's committed to the cause hasn't missed a playoff game he hasn't missed a playoff game he builds alliances with the strongest players in the league which is great because then he can spread his influence, which allows you to help take over. And he quickly moves on from a Citadel franchise, you name it, the minute he realised it's peaked, and he goes on to something bigger and better on its way up to carry on his trajectory. And I will win the game with influence, because you nice. can do that. Yeah, that's okay, I get it now, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> I, I would go for somebody like... Um, I mean, the natural conclusion is somebody who's like ripped and just destroys everybody and it's everything its path. So Marcus Phoenix from the uh, Xbox Gears of War franchise probably sticks out. But Kratos, I think, from PlayStation, um, obviously he's like a Greek mythical god. Um, so Giannis. LeBron LeBron fixed that pretty well, I think. He's a Greek mythical god in what? What's it? You call him Kratos? Is the game called Kratos? No, the game's called God of War. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. No, I've... I've- I've not heard of that. And I think LeBron shares the same sort of physical um, aspects as, as Kratos and looks like he could kill a few people quite easily with an axe. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going for Kratos or Marcus. Will say he lacks that killer instinct, though. <laughs> he doesn't want to take that last shot not for clutch. the fatality. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, talking discourse on Discord. Uh, discourse has been... Discourse, uh, Discord has been busy this week, obviously with the NBA 2K21 next-gen footage announcement there was plenty of chat around that there was obviously more goat discussions people were up late for the finals last night yes did you notice anything going anything going down <laughs> um kicks chat i think harry dropped something in there first time i think i've seen we've harry's seen always dropping chat. things in bloody yeah, but he dropped t- some leaning channels. shoes in there and we've not probably discussed leaning, oh, cha- leaning. Uh, shoes since they were you know a former sponsor of the show um <laughs> there are 2016 to 17 available. season was it sixteen seventeen? I think it oh, was. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, no, no, it was. It was just interesting to see like people still talking about leaning despite the fact that their marquee player is retired. Um, I mean, well, CJ McCollum's their marquee player now, I guess, isn't he? Yeah, but he's he's not on the same level as 
way of Wade, Wayne Wade. <laughs> is he? Come on now. Well, no, I wasn't saying, but it's just, you know, they have they have a player. <laughs> We've got D'Angelo Russell as well, but oh yeah, true. Forgot about him. It was, I think it was D'Angelo Russell's kicks actually that that Harry shared. Um, so yeah, there's a few things in there that were, were really good. Uh, went up to 112 people, so keep. Keep coming in. Come on, yeah. ha- have a chat with us. As I'm expecting some Raptors fans to join us the other day because he tweeted about it. Um, <laughs> and I saw it and liked it. And I was like, here we go. But I haven't seen him pop up yet. But that's discord.me slash double clutch. So come come join the fun because even when the season stops, <laughs> basketball never stops. Oh yeah, there's going to be plenty to, to talk about over the next few weeks. Um, listener questions. Dave Kelly said, what is everyone's late night slash early morning tip-off game? Uh, a couple of beers load up on coffee or full sugar rush like me. And he actually sent us a picture in the Discord of um, everything he bought. So there's four Mars Bars ice creams there, which I hope he put oh, back yeah, in the, the ice creams as well. Yeah, I thought he'd put them, but I hope he put them back in the freezer before um, it got to two uh, to half 12. Um, and then you've got some Max Strong Walker's crisps, a couple of Lucas <laughs> bottles that are just pure glucose. So they'll keep you awake. Um, Six, is, seven that pop, is that popcorn? That's popcorn, yeah, I think. That's kissed popcorn. And some seven up cans, so loaded. It's the sweet popcorn as well. Like he is surviving on. He's going to give himself diabetes. <laughs> did, did you actually go to sleep after the game finished? <laughs> yeah, he would have done. He crashed, wouldn't he? Because the, the, all these have got really high glycemic indexes, so he would have just immediately passed out like thirty seconds after finishing the last one. Either that, or you would, yeah. That, but already been I mean, sick. I, I mean, Mars ice cream is not something I would think of when I was watching a game at you know half twelve no, or two in the morning. Normal Mars bars, regular Mars bars, no, they're ice yeah. creams. So my 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 um, snack game has changed significantly as I <laughs> receded in hair and, and matured. Yeah, that's the one that's non-derogatory <laughs> like about a my vino. age. Um, so I, it would have been like um, what are they called Yazoo's, or fruit, <laughs> you know those chocolate like those giant one of them. It would have been um, just like. I'd have bought a multi-bag of Mars bars and they wouldn't have lasted till the game started. I'd have just sat there munching them. Um, There's a lot of Mars bars fans on the show this week. Yeah, may- maybe I'd have ordered <laughs> in a pizza or something. Uh, but now, now, I'll, it'll be black coffee and I'll, I'll probably go to sleep before the game and then wake up black coffee. I'll have some unsalted pistachios because they're just oh, beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> some salted popcorn. Um, and probably some nachos with some hummus, and maybe just hummus. some ca- like carrots to dip in my hummus. What? <laughs> nice. Hummus. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, Kurt. No. I'm sophisticating no. me. Very sophisticated. Well, mine changes. I mean, last year you remember I watched the opening round. I watched the first few games of the playoffs round one of my mates, and uh, we got in a massive Nando's. Uh, so that, yeah. that that managed to survive us, but games were tipping off at like six, seven o'clock our time. So it was fine. Um, normally it would probably just be a giant bag of cool original Doritos, some dip and, and probably quite a lot of Pepsi Max cans, but that's about it. I mean, when I was at uni, it was pizza, but there would be like yeah. seven of us staying up to watch it. So yeah, it's different when it's collective, but when you're on yeah, your own, when you're on it's your own, when you're on your own, exactly. So I just end up with a couple of cans of, uh, of Pepsi Max, which is readily available in, in our household, um, and, and plenty of Doritos, so can't go wrong. You, it'll change. You wait. You replace <laughs> the Pepsi Max with coffee, and the Doritos will become uh, whatever supermarket you shop at, home brand. <laughs> just, just give me the plain salted ones. That's all I need. Actually, I'm starting to worry about my salt intake now. You I think should, it's almost should, as high yeah, as, 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 as Steve's... Um, Sugar intake in that. <laughs> was it Steve or Dave? I can't remember Dave. his name now. It was Dave. Dave. Um, Ginger Shack messaged and said, who's the best NBA mascot? Not even a debate, Benny the Bull. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that Benny the Bull was also, do you remember when they had the Memorial, London 2012 Memorial Games a couple of years after? Yeah, yeah. And they had some, everyone was banging on about this amazing mascot that was like a hedgehog. Like a, a not Sonic the Hedgehog, but you know, like in Austin Powers, it's run like it's Godzilla, but not the real Godzilla because we don't own the marketing rights. It kind of was like that. And everyone talked about how amazing it was. And I'm pretty sure I heard from a very legitimate source, this is really long winded now, that the guy who is Benny was this mascot. They'd flown him in especially to do this through the summer. So there you go. Mascots are precious, man. I saw that Arsenal were getting rid of Gunnosaurus the other week and everyone kicked off. Like, it's, it's hard times, you know. You've got to, got to protect your mascots. My dad only comes mascots. with me to the, the NBA Europe games <laughs> yeah, to see the mascot. <laughs> and the inflatable ones. He, he's um, he's the inflatable Bango ones. the Bucks' biggest fan. 
Especially nice. the, yeah, the inflatable ones. He loves the inflatable mascots. I mean, I feel like mascots have peaks and troughs. Like they're like almost like players. Like stuff. The Magic Dragon was on top of the scene a couple of years ago because of what he did yeah. in the dunk contest. Yeah. But now he's dropped off a bit. <laughs> so not stuff. What Aaron Gordon did just because what, what stuff did. Yeah. So now, now I think it needs to be stepped back up and stuff. The Magic Dragon needs to come up with something else. Um, who's, but yeah. who's the worst NBA mascot? There's got to be Clutch, right? Maybe I, I'm not a big fan of Lucky. No, Lucky's annoying. Hugo's even worse, I guess. What's that weird baby king thing that um, the Pelicans used to have? Baby cake. Yeah, Yeah, king. Oh, yeah, no, that is quite creepy. He used to to creep me out, whatever it was. Um, But anyway, moving on. Um, Harry Harry Harrison said, um, the Athletics' Anthony Slater said this morning that Anthony Davis has now vaulted himself into the conversation for the league's best player, like better than LeBron or Giannis in brackets. Uh, Discuss. I think it's a short conversation. Uh, Better than? (laughs) No. Not not better well, we, than we, if he was she said better. earlier on that KD yeah. is probably better. So I I don't think he's better than Yanis. I know that you and I differ slightly on that one because you you ranked like eight people in the top five the other I'm week. Just a and bit none down on Yanis. Yanis at the moment. I'm not impressed. He needs to needs to win something. <laughs> okay, we'll team him with LeBron or AD and see how he does. There we go. That's so yeah, exactly. You know how to fix it. He should be a GM. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I don't know. Like People are hating on Yanis far too hard and I I just think he's going to smash some people in the face next season. Is it not similar to the same sort of hate that LeBron got when he couldn't win anything in Cleveland? So it's one of those maybe, market maybe. franchises. It's one of those market franchises that nobody cares about, you see. You mean people don't care about Milwaukee? <laughs> I'm waiting I heard for the, someone talking about how uh, the Pfizer Forum was like a powerhouse to go into and watch games, and I was like, "What in Milwaukee? No, <laughs> no." Come Are on, Harley now, Davidson be... like the only thing Milwaukee's known for, or have I got that wrong? Uh, I think Harley from no, around Harley there. Davidson sponsor them definitely. I don't oh, know. If right. uh, they're known for um, I'm out. cheese, <laughs> cheese and cream, isn't it? That's cheese and cream. The, uh, the Green Bay Packers are all cheese heads and all that. Bloody cheese heads. Um, that's, what, that's what Milwaukee's known for, is the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> um, normally we would um, do games of the week, but this, this season's finished, so we can't do that. Um, obviously the NBA 2K trailer dropped, um, the next-gen one. What, did, what were your thoughts on it, just quickly? Well, I really enjoyed it. The trailer looked fantastic, like ridiculous. Ridiculously yeah, good. Yeah, very, very pretty. And then pretty. part of me had to temper it. It's like, well, you know, some of the trailers now do look fantastic. But when we play the game, it's significantly reduced in quality. So I wonder whether, <laughs> you know you know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah. The, the Final Fantasy ones are like, oh, footage Not is... in-game you know, footage. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't sure it was in-game footage. If it is, then holy crap, it's amazing. Um, I... I I'm not a big gamer. You know that. Kirk knows that. So I actually was was feeding off your two in the conversation <laughs> we were having. You two were like, you, it was tangible. The excitement through the Slack chat. Yeah, it was. It, you two were just like, I, look at this. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, this is a family show. I can't say what I was going to say, but you two were just really <laughs> enjoying it, and um, it was. Uh, it looked phenomenal. I would love to play it. I, I'm. I'm seeking permission to purchase a next-gen console. Yeah. It's not going very well. I think they did a pretty, you know, in in whatever, however long it was, like two minutes or whatever it was, to give us a really good teaser of what the next-gen consoles are capable mm-hmm. of. Like, And I said it when I did the, the PR post, like the last, the last time the new consoles came out, when the PS4 and the Xbox One came out, NBA 2K14 was the game that showed it off the button the most. And since then, the 2K franchise has gone on in leaps and bounds in the UK. It's consistently... Like one of the top purchased sports games, which I would never even realised until very recently, because one of my friends is a store manager for game, and he says we have more people than ever come in and ask for NBA 2K. Um, so it will be a game that will shift systems. Um, people will buy their PlayStation Five and probably buy 2K with it just to see what the game looks like, even if they're not necessarily, you know, a massive basketball fan. Um, but the trailer in two minutes showed us. Super high def beards, which we'll get onto in a minute. Um, we saw we saw this new ray tracing feature, which is how light reflects off objects um, in the game. So the the, the court the court in Dallas looked amazing, especially when we had that aerial footage. And somebody on YouTube has done a direct comparison of those scenes. Basically, they've replayed that entire video, but on the current gen and put them next oh, okay. to each other. I'll find the video and send it to you after this, actually. I thought you were going to say Twitter. compared to like the actual arena, like an actual no, film. No, he, he's done a like a comparison of the, obviously, NBA 2K21 on PS4 versus the video that we saw on PS5. And 
the difference is notable. Like the resolution increase is obviously there because we're getting a higher resolution console. Um, but the crowd is nowhere near as blurry as it was. That was a big gen. thing I noticed. Like, and you they, obviously had Luca coming out and dapping up um, Mark Cuban, and uh, yeah, it was really cool. I can't. I hadn't noticed before how dark the crowd is on the current gen. <laughs> they like faded. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and now it makes sense because they didn't have the power to to make them look like humans, basically. And now it was just like someone had shone a spotlight on the crowd. It was it was mad. Like, I'm not sure how much that'll impact. The, the the gameplay, not at all, but the aesthetic, well, it, it might change just the way the game feels, just being able yeah. to see like an arena. Although not really on point, really, given we've just had a bubble with zero fans. So um, yeah. missed that one, 2K. <laughs> <laughs> they are good at putting in the little tiny bits. Like if you're a proper NBA nerd, yeah, you, no, like, you appreciate like the Mark Cuban being in there and things like that. Most mm-hmm. people wouldn't, like, you know, and a casual NBA fans just wouldn't be bothered. But like they Who's do do the little... Who's that Shark Tank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's that guy from Billions doing in there? Like seriously, I mean... I'm, Billions is something we need to get onto at some point because every NBA, like it seems to be a, a thing that NBA players have to turn up on Billions. It must be part of their contract with the the NBA Players Association or something. Not watching it. Oh, Not watching need, it. Refusing to. to. It's, it's so on, good. Kirk, you want to do a quiz, don't you, before we finish? <laughs> we're, is we're he actually going to talk, or are we going to oh, have to work this out oh, for so ourselves? We, so the the game is we've got to guess who these are. Um, <laughs> but I, I already know who that is. Um, do you know Matt? Hang on, what are we looking at? Question. Well, there's a picture on the screen right now. Can you see it? Oh, on the actual screen. I can well, see yeah, it, yeah. You, well, you can look at it the other way well, if I was you looking wish. in the Discord, because that's where he told me to look. <laughs> well, look in the Discord then. Uh, but I'm um, going with... Uh, well, I already know the answer, and I know it I've got like right, Clay Thompson. I, you think Clay Thompson? That's Steph. Which one, person, Steph? Which one, one is the, the real face? Is it on the left or the right is the real face? Uh, left's video game, right's real. Yeah, and it's Steph Curry. Is it Steph Curry? Oh, Ooh. oh, okay. So this is this is basically <laughs> we're looking at how good facial hair is or hair in general now on this new game. It's mad. It's just because uh, I pointed out how insane the beard is. Come on then, Kurt, roll them up. Ooh, ooh, who the hell? <laughs> right, okay. The right hand side is real, and it's Alex Caruso. Would have been in the trailer. Um, I, I think the right hand side is I'm going to Caruso. Who are you going with, Matt? Come on. I think it's Clay Thompson again. I'm going to go Clay Thompson Clay again. Thompson? What <laughs> screen are you looking through? Are these, these must be taken from the trailer, right? So it's got to be one oh of the, God, it's be the players. Thompson, that I'm going to cry. It's got to be the players that were featured in the trailer, surely. Kirk's, Kirk's on, not Kirk, saying anything, it? so. It's <laughs> 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 Bobad. Oh, that hurt my ribs. Oh, it's John Wick himself. Oh, I made a reference to that as well. Man. Um, that looks like Steve Kerr to me. Um, yeah. Fake video games left and reels right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I agree with that. Stevie Kerr. Boom. Got that one. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, uh, oh ben uh. Simmons. Real one is. Ben Simmons? Right. Was Ben Simmons in that trailer? I don't know. Can't remember oh. it now. It's going to oh, be flipping uh, clay, isn't it? I'm going to go clay. Uh, um, <laughs> real, real clay, clay right, fake clay left. Oh, <laughs> double Steph Steph Curry again oh Jesus what well, you've just shown this part oh, of the so jersey so we've just seen part of a jersey um, whose number's who <laughs> <laughs> who, who wears the five for five. the Warriors <laughs> <laughs> oh Kirk, Kirk you're putting us on the spot here oh wow five for the Warriors not really who it is but what? oh right well the real one's on the left well the real one's on the right the real one's on the right sorry Okay, roll on, roll on. Who have we got? You can't even see who it is. But yeah, Steph again. Kurt, mate, you love Steph far too much. Next next one. He's not got much choice. There's two teams in this trailer. Oh my God. Which one's real? Uh, the one on the left is real. There's no way the camera would be able to focus on the crowd from behind it through all that. The one on the, le- uh, the, one on the left is the video game, sorry. Left is video, left game, is video right game, right? Yeah, I wasn't going to say. Yeah. yeah. Do we have to guess who it is? <laughs> That's Steph taking the game in a shot, I think. It looks quite close to the rim if you look at the right one, but actually it's probably perspective. So, uh, yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible for anyone listening. I apologise. <laughs> That's why you should come and watch us on twitch.tv slash doubleclutchuk. Um, oh, man, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's really good. 
Yeah, it's now that the Twitch, I've got the Twitch stream on the lowest quality possible. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking at it through the through the Skype feed. So it's uh, I'm thinking either. left is the video game, right is real. Although I'm feeling like that might be wrong now. Let's I'm again. thinking right is real because I don't recognise a patch above the Nike sign like that. But I know it's the 50 year celebration here. Right is real and it's Dame Lillard. Boom. Da, 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 Next. Da, da. Next, okay. How so many of these are there? I think that's. I think that's his cue to. We can move on now. That's the last one. That was good, actually. That's that's quite remarkable. There were some bits they actually really struggled to tell the difference between real life and a game. I, I was had thrown off when I thought we were looking in the Discord, and then it appeared on the stream. That made everything a lot easier, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what our um, Gandalf comes up with. Gandalf. <laughs> Oh, oh dear. Jesus. Well, thank you everyone who's who's watched on Twitch tonight and who's commented in the chat. There's been a few people who've said things and we've tried to ping them out, but obviously we're losing our trail of thought when <laughs> we do that every now and then, um, which is why we've we've rambled on for quite a bit tonight. Um, please do check out the website, doubleclutch.uk. Follow us at doubleclutch.uk on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you can find us. We're on there. Um, if you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a review because it helps push us up the, what used to be the iTunes charts, I guess, or something else now spotify's got charts now as well have you seen that i mean spotify's got what charts, charts. oh yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're charges like, i was like oh. <laughs> they're slowly putting a anyway. lot of um weight behind podcasting which is interesting so we'll see how that um pans out yeah we shall see <laughs> i don't use spotify so i don't really care about spotify <laughs> i really um, like spotify for podcasts i think it's quite easy just flicking between like if you listen on your telly and then you flip it to your ipad or whatever no, yeah, I'm, I'm just OG. Use my iPhone with you. Download it via um, dial-up. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I listen on the wireless via your Time PC with a CRT monitor. I don't even know what you're talking about. What's the CRT remember time monitor? That, do you remember Time? The, the computer store they used to sell PCs. Anyway, moving on. No, no I don't. <laughs> no. Um, recent articles to plug uh, No Bull Billy Donovan is a Real Deal by Harry Harrison uh, Nikola Vucevic and the Orlando Magic's Catch 22 by Sean Guest and Kyle uh, get my teeth in um, can Michael Porter Jr. become the third star for the Denver Nuggets um, Charlie Lipshot so go check those out on the website there's a couple more coming this week I think Sid's wrote something and Gurr was writing something about Donovan Mitchell last I checked so there'll be a couple of pieces out this week um, new Discord followers we had Footix um the the zone j i think they they've been doing a podcast as well the zone j so go and check them out um twitch uk underscore drill and thanks to the drew league for hosting the show tonight so yeah i think we've done everything we have we have the NBA Why? finals the bubbles is done we've been here since the bubble the year started is over with i mean I, I have to say thank you very much mike miller for a start for doing every single show basically this season i think no <laughs> You I must have done. done I'm pretty sure I'm, you've been on every, almost every show this season. Um, no, because you did one with yeah. you did one with Kirk whilst I was in a cabin. Oh well, that wasn't a show. That was just me and me beating down on Kirk on NBA 2K. So, look, man, like LeBron doesn't miss playoff games. I don't miss Monday night. Cuts. <laughs> oh Jesus! And the hairlines the same as well. You've, you've got the hairlines going as well. That's a, it's similar trajectory here. <laughs> Uh, similar hairline <laughs> uh, brilliant anyway um, if you're watching ga- well, I was going to say if you're watching games this week but you won't be watching any games um, yeah just keep an eye on Double Clutch UK and the Twitter and everything for anything that we're doing um, we've got a couple of pods and special guests that I think Hugh Hopkins has, has got lined up they're going to be edited in the next couple of weeks and then we'll get them out um, and then obviously we've got content that we had planned um, for the original off season which was obviously supposed to be the summer so we'll now shift that to whatever this gap is going to be and then um, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there so we will be back at some point <laughs> shout out to Kirk for sorting out this sorcery of on on Twitch and doing all that for us big big help love it well we'll do a proper end of season review like next week or at some point in the next couple of weeks because you know we've we've only done it for like 10 minutes today but there's been so much we could talk about that's happened this season um, over a year's worth of content yeah crazy oh right anyway we're going to go and edit this thing I think thank you very much Mr Miller <laughs> See you soon. Thank you, Kirk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was that was epic, that drop.